Hello all and welcome to episode 15 of Two Sykes in Nikes. In today's show we talk about Arthur Ashe. He was an elite level tennis player and he won a lot of the, the big tournaments, Wimbledon and the US Open. And he reached number two ATP rankings. But he also had a, an interesting life off the court. And we're going to delve into that today and really uncover it, he was a gentle, effective communicator about the AIDS virus and he worked tirelessly until he passed away to spread knowledge to especially to the youth so I hope you enjoy this episode Uh, if you do please spread the word and enjoy hello all and welcome to episode 15 of two psychs in nikes I'm Jody and I'm Larry and on this episode we're gonna discuss uh, the life of Arthur Ashe um, a tennis player, but also um, a human rights activist and just an all-round top person and somebody that, when you look back in history, was way more than than the sum of an athlete. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I I didn't know too. I didn't. I I tell you, this came up recently, and I have a book that I want to read, but it's I think it must be six hundred and odd pages. It's a big one, and I want to give it. I want to give it its time. So I would have liked to have that book read, but we really wanted to do an episode on the man. So we decided to bring it forward and um, we did we did as much research as we could. Um, but yeah, Lara, what did you what did you think? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, that book you have is that a book like an autobiography by Arthur? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. he so he has a memoir. He, he actually. That's right that he he just got finished before he passed away but it's mm. um and that looks interesting too but the other one was uh, not the life and times of Arthur Ashe I can't I can't remember the name of it but it's in me mm. it's in me to read list um and but it is a monster so and I wouldn't okay. be the fa- I wouldn't be the fastest reader in the world I I need a bit of time to process so that could take me two three months if i'm if i'm honest because i'd have a few different on the go so um for anyone who doesn't do you want to give a little basic snapshot of of who arthur ash was there yeah sure like yeah if you want to put that in my hands well uh, yeah i i i, I, <laughs> I, I gave felt, it a shot i felt in the millisecond i handed it over it was uh what well yeah uh, come on, come on. who arthur who <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, so what did yeah. he do? Well, what did he do? Like? I had never heard of Arthur Ashe before. Like, look, I, I, I wouldn't be the. I, I know tennis and I know some people in tennis, but never heard of Arthur Ashe before until you mentioned him and I did my research. And um, yeah, fascinating guy, fascinating guy. Um, so he was like a world champion in tennis, the first black man, uh, African American, to win a Grand Slam title. Yeah. And he also won the Australian Open and Wimbledon. And um, he was only 25 years of age when he won the Grand Slam title in the States. Wow. So, like, I was thinking, gosh, 25 years of age, I was, I didn't probably, I had, you know, I wasn't win, winning Grand Slams at 25, that's I for sure. He wasn't either, no. No, yeah, yeah, so. And he won the doubles as well, I, I saw Larry, so he won the yeah. singles. And then he won the doubles, The uh, I think he won it at the Australian and the French, which like one's mm-hmm. clay, uh, which, which is lovely as well, because it just, I, I kind of like when somebody wins the singles and the doubles, it says something about them, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so like, I'm not, yeah, I can, I can, 
I can win in boat arenas like what year what year what uh, what year was he was he kind of winning was it the early 70s was it that's right yeah yeah early 70s and um he was quite uh, an icon at the time it seems like uh and um not just for the sports but he was invited onto tv shows you know and he, he got to talk about like uh more like uh, current issues for for black african americans and yeah. um he really used his fame to 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 give a voice for you know for people who mightn't have usually got a voice yeah i i suppose this is quite topical at the moment um that was maybe another reason to bring him forward um i mean what's going on is certainly in the united states but like we've gone through a lot of different uh over the i would say over the last decade we've we've really come forward in leaps and bounds when you think of like the likes of kind of gay marriage and um abortion all these things that are they're really difficult to discuss and to get um to kind of get a cohesive decision made but there's been some huge ground made on a lot of this over the last decade and um yeah hopefully hopefully this this movement um brings some results this time it's been way too long of this but that's why Arthur Ashe was so kind of uh, prescient because he not only was he brilliant at tennis and like uh, also I noticed funny enough he won the sportsmanship um award in 77 Lair, which is actually voted by other tennis players and you mm. know from most sports mm-hmm. when you get an award or even from your peers exactly or yeah, yeah. even actors or musicians when they get something that uh, their peers recognize it really means something so he won the sportsmanship award voted by other players and then he was the player of the year in 75 so really like he was he was right at the top of the game in mm. in the 70s and the fact That's that right. he was the fact that he was black was it it was just it was another talking point and something that he could use then in his private life and in his public life to bring up other things it was well like there was uh, at the time when he was playing like uh, in the early years there was uh, still segregation so there was tennis courts like there's a place called board park um, which I think was close to where he uh, lived, or he 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 knew he knew of these tennis courts, but they were for white people only. So he wasn't allowed playing those tennis courts. So, um, like segregation was was right. alive and yeah. uh, active at the time. So he like, yeah, just imagine not being able to play on a a football pitch or tennis court mm-hmm. just because of the color of your skin. And he's one of you know the talent he had, like. You know, um, yeah. so imagine having to deal with that on top, being a professional athlete, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's fascinating, like, to, for the willpower these people have, like, to overcome. Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. It's not just, yeah, yeah, you're not, mm. it's not just what everyone else has to deal with, but there's also another level of what you have to go against. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was, so he was, he was on top of the world. He wasn't, he, I don't know if he, he was world number two by the ATP, which they're the ones that give the rankings. So I don't think world number one, I don't think he ever was awarded that effectively, but he would have been voted mm-hmm. top tennis player. Uh, and he would have been almost designated number one. Um, yeah. But then obviously uh, it kind of, part of the story as well is in is after his tennis career was it's quite quite interesting what happened isn't it Larry? um yeah well he he had a heart operation didn't he 
Yeah, he was only tw- yeah, he was only thirty six. He was so yeah. he was he was only thirty six, lad. Jesus, like younger than I am now, and uh, he had a heart attack at a tennis clinic, and that was um, his his mother had died in I think she was only in her late twenties mm. from a heart issue, and his father had had two heart operations by oh the time God. he was mid fifties. So this was yeah, definitely yeah, so hereditary. Yeah, 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 and. Um, he was given a tennis clinic and yeah, so he he had to have, I think he had a quadruple bypass actually uh, mm. after that. And then what happened was, I think he had to go back and have corrective surgery uh, two years later mm. on, on that work. And they think during that corrective surgery that the blood transfusion that he received was HIV positive, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's what that's that's how they believe he he contracted AIDS. Yeah, yeah. Because he only found out. Dreadful. He only found out. Um, so obviously he didn't know that at the time. But then mm. a couple of years later, did you hear how he found out? He he felt a paralysis no. of his arm. He his arm was giving him trouble, and okay. he hadn't got full movement in it. So he went to have it, and and they had to do a multitude of tests because they weren't too sure what was going on. And it was only then that they realized that um, he was suffering from AIDS. And they, then they had to try and piece together, how did this happen? And obviously, yeah. in the when are we talking here? We're talking maybe uh, mid-80s. I mean, yeah. the whole AIDS thing, this is when it was like really getting to like a world stage where everybody was talking about, nobody knew what well, it, it was. Pandem- he, he termed it, he, I watched an interview with him, he, he used the term pandemic. Right. Pan- Again, topical yeah. about uh, right now, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I saw a video of him as well, and he was trying to explain to people that how you get it, how not, like, don't be afraid of him. Like, don't, um, mm. he, he talked a lot about when you're named as, as having AIDS, that you're, he, he actually mentioned this a statistic of one third of people uh, experience violent acts towards them that have been named That's as right. being, yeah, yeah, as yeah, having AIDS. Yeah. I mean, this is it. You know, again, it was the eighties. Nobody knew kind of the, the details. They thought if 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 he sneezed on them or if he if he brushed Touched off them, them exactly. drank out of a co- same coffee cup. Or That's something. right. Yeah, he that, mentioned yeah. all that, and he was yeah, and he was so active. I think he used then like his forties to really, really become an activist, and especially for the for the youth. I mean, he was talking about things. I mean, Jesus, it was hard to talk about like unprotected sex and uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, abstinence and things in the late 80s. Like he, like that wasn't an easy thing. Yeah. And he was so articulate and so yeah. caring, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he's quite down to earth because when he was talking about like um, getting through to teenagers and kids like who who would be having sex at the time, he said like, you know, not to not to think that you can go into a classroom and 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 tell the kids like you know not to abstain and not to have sex he said people kids are having sex like he said um you need to say you need to figure out a way that when they're going to do it that at that moment something crosses their mind to to do take some particular action like wear a condom or or something he said yeah. like he, he said at the moment he said at the time they just filled out a, a sheet like a, a questionnaire about aids and you know uh, uh, he said, like filling out questionnaires and going to protect a teenager, who who would be boasting about how many people they've slept with, you know that's what they do. Like so, it was you know you need to be kind of uh, call a spade a spade, like and deal with what 
the reality of the situation as opposed to some plaster over, you know, putting a plaster on it yeah, and making it look like we're helping, you know, but actually it's not having any impact on the youth at all. Like, Yeah, he was very matter of fact, wasn't he, the way he spoke about it, like, and, and very clear. Um, I remember, I suppose, MTV, this would have been the... MTV maybe was the early 90s in Europe and for me just thinking about this they really pushed hard on a lot of gritty topics that a lot of other outlets Mm. wouldn't have wanted to talk upon and I remember they did an awful lot for AIDS and that's right yeah yeah, there was a lot of like broadcasts a lot of uh, information initiatives and things because again even even still by then it was it was it was very nobody really knew what it was or how to deal with it like it was and it was kind of off topic nobody really wanted to say the words or talk about it that much that was that was where i grew up anyway yeah very interesting guy um i actually watched the i watched an interview with another tennis player and he was sharing a story um about there was a time when he uh as a kid he he met arthur and um arthur gave him a, a tennis racket and uh 11 years later i'm just trying to think of the name of this guy um i can't remember his name yeah he gave him a tennis racket no i think his name what was his name novacek or something like that i can't remember um but he's a french guy and he was in the he's playing in the finals like of uh, some world championship tennis finals and he won the finals and after after the match, uh, Arthur came over and interviewed him, and um, the the guy said it was the proudest moment of his life because he said uh, Arthur probably wouldn't have known that eleven years ago he gave him uh, as a child like gave him a tennis racket, and uh, he always looked up to Arthur. So to have Arthur, you know, come over to him and interview him after the game, he said he's just like it blew him away, like. You so know, it was his, just a fluke that hero. Ash was doing the interviews afterwards. It wasn't a set up or anything like that. Oh, no, it was just beautiful. yeah. Well, I'm sh- I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there was uh, connections there. Like of course, like because the, the the French guy was also black as well. Like and yeah. would have had obstacles to overcome in the tennis world, like right. Arthur. Right. Um, but Arthur would have paved the way, and. Um, yeah, it was just, just, and and the guy said like, where when Arthur gave him this tennis racket, it, it was in some town in the middle of nowhere in France. Mm. Like, uh, it's amazing the impact mm. someone can have. Like, it, it, an adult could have on it, on a young guy or woman, a young girl. Like, you know, like, like just a simple gesture of giving someone a tennis racket could turn someone into a world champion, That's world champion brilliant. in the future. I, I was I was intrigued as well. I just to go back to his illness that he tried to keep it private for a few years because they had just adopted him and his wife had, had adopted a, a daughter and he was trying to keep it from her. Um, again, that's very difficult for a parent that's in the public eye to try and keep um, a, quite a bad illness to not to get out there into the public sphere because obviously they were trying to protect her because like she would have had to deal with all sorts of questioning and things it was it's and i thought a nice thing was the daughter was named camera because Mm -hmm. um the mother was um, a photographer and a creative and 
they called their daughter Camera, which I just thought was oh yeah, it's yeah, a lovely name. Yeah, thought that was yeah, nice. Camera. Yeah, but even yeah, the fact yeah. that he had to keep it secret, like, and I understand it. The child was very young, but I'm sure he, he was. They were thinking about bullying or about about mm. you know. It does all these things when if you have a sick parent or if you have, you, you, yeah, we yeah. we grew up in the eighties and nineties. If you have a like, if somebody had a family member or a brother or sister that was that were had had something that not the rest of us had it was a really easy target for bullies in school it was it's it's a horrible environment sometimes actually kids can be real nasty for sure for sure and then the violence like he talked about yeah you know, people being attacked because they had aids being attacked by people who you know were feared that they'd catch it off them yeah. you know the kid yeah that would be probably part of where the bullying would come in is that fear that they just the child of the adult by association yeah you know has this disease or something like that and gets bullied because of it you know yeah it's, mm. it's it, we, we we can be the our species can be can be quite ruthless sometimes i i read a lovely quote from him um that really summed up a lot about what about his his demeanor he said uh, from what we get we can make a living what we give however makes a life yeah, yeah, it's yeah, nice, isn't it? True. There was some nice quotes. I I heard him say, um, "Do do what you like, but do it right." Um, oh yeah, it's kind of in line with what you just shared there. Yeah. Um, because he had a lot, he had the dignity to him, and I think his father told him, like you know, you know, just do things kind of the right way. Don't be taking any shortcuts because there's a lot at stake here this isn't exactly what his father said but it's the essence of what i understood him kind of saying like don't be taking any shortcuts you know yeah um don't be cheating or lying or you know just be open have some integrity about you yeah yeah yeah, he had integrity and uh, that thing of do what you like but do it right the doing it right bit because we're going to be tempted i suppose i get tempted a lot to take shortcuts with things yeah and then you, you put a weight on yourself if you do take a shortcut, um, but if you don't, you, you I think you, you, you might feel like you might lose out on something or might not get what you want, but you lighten the load though, because you're not adding on unnecessary burdens onto yourself because you've uh, took a shortcut or you cheated a bit or you lied or told the white lie just to get what you want. Yeah. You know, um, and he seemed like he just had a lot of integrity, like a lot of integrity and, um, and he also shows by being a champion that you don't have to, you know, you can have integrity and still be the best. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be, you don't have to have that ruthless kind of, um, uh, like you do, you have to have the, the, the mentality to win, but that can be mm. balanced with with with, uh, with fair play and honesty. I, I, I love that. Yeah, mm. you see, like he was only 49 when he passed away. Um but I suppose he, he was, I, I did see a clip of him where he was, he kind of thought he had done well, even, I, I think he was, he, 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 I think it was the year he passed away and he, he, he was saying that, I suppose, to even to get, when you have AIDS, even to get to that stage wasn't bad because some people don't even get that far. So That's um, right. We've, yeah. we've, we've kind of come away in the last 30 years as well with, with managing, um, illnesses that probably wouldn't have we wouldn't have done too well with back then um did you see the, the stadium at the u.s open um they they named it they the named it after him. yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah it's, it's nice when things yeah. like that happen that's 
and most stadiums now around the world are named after a, a, a sponsor which yeah, I yeah. don't really like it kind of get it no. it's it something that doesn't sit well with me when they change the name of a stadium and even I have to say even in the Irish one I, I still call it Lansdowne Road and I like you know it's it's interesting to to I, there's a certain edge to it that I don't like. Um, what would you do, do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, I suppose you could talk about that. Yeah, it's a topic in itself. Isn't oh it, yeah, really? it is. Uh, it is. I, yeah. yeah. But I loved that they called it after him. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. And what one of the things that stood out for me about Arthur as well, like he had wrote, he wrote, he wrote those memoirs that you spoke about, but he also wrote. Um, a book, uh, three books called The Hard Road to Glory oh. about uh, like um, I think it's about African-Americans who, who have achieved greatness in sport. But he wrote three books. I was like, gosh, he not only was one of the greatest tennis players, but he also was an author, yeah. you know. And oh, yeah, it's just inspiring. I, I find these people very inspiring. It's like, oh, OK, if he can if he can do it you know somebody else can or I can you know where does he squeeze it all in because I mean Mm. I'm only 10 years off off his life and like yeah some people are are fantastic I just to change it a bit the other day I um I attended a conference online it was about ethnicity and sport funny enough and Mm -hmm. it was it was it was it was an Irish conference but there was a few people ringing in and there was um there was two athletes on it that were of a different background, let's say. They were a different ethnicity. And they were just given their story. Uh, one, The girl was uh, in Irish athletics and the guy was uh, played for Mayo, GAA. And they were yeah. able to just give their side of the story <clears throat> about growing up and looking a little different and being in the community and... Um, like what was involved, if there was bullying or if there was... And it was it was a lovely conversation because... Um, like I have to say, like I would have always thought of myself as quite anti-racism. Like of mm-hmm. of a whole mixed bags of associates and friends. I never even, I never even, I don't even question it. And sometimes I don't even see it because some sometimes somebody would mention like mm. uh, something about them, and and I wouldn't even see it until it was mentioned. So, but then mm-hmm. there was a few things that they said on this uh, conference that made me think I actually do say. Or I do some of those things that they're talking about purely because okay. it's it's in your it's just in your makeup. So although I thought mm. of myself as one hundred percent anti racism, like there was a few mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that they said that I could relate to just purely in conversation, mm. like when you'd ask like blind someone. spots. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. So really, it was yeah. it was brilliant and sometimes it's hard to take them on board because you feel geez, that's kind of a, that's that's questioning something that I don't think I am, but actually I was able to see one or two things and go, oh, okay, okay, I, I get that now and I won't make that mistake again. So we're all learning mm. and yeah, you yeah. need people like Arthur Ashe and others that they bring attention on certain things. And um, yeah, but I, it, what a lovely man, what a man of like grace mm. and um, dignity. And like he was softly <clears> spoken, <throat> but he packed a punch like it was just, I have to say he's, I really, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading his book now even more mm. after learning a little bit about him. Yeah, me too. I'd actually, I'd like to, to check that book out. I say it'd be very interesting. His memoir was Days of Grace, I think is what he called it, just in case anyone wanted to read his own stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah did, was there, did we miss anything there, Larry? Um, 
Yeah, that the tennis player I was trying to think of the name of it's uh, yeah, Yannick Noah is the oh, guy. Yannick yeah. Noah. He's a very yeah. entertaining, nice guy. Yeah, he's a singer as well. Oh man, he's I've seen him play uh, like exhibition matches and um oh he's a he's a real exuberant guy, full of life. He's ah, oh, that's who it was. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's who, yeah, that's who he gave the tennis racket to. Okay, okay, mm. deadly. Mm. So mm. um yeah, I mean if anyone wanted to read more about Arthur Ashe his surname is spelled A-S-H-E and uh, he's obviously his memoir Days of Grace and then you'll also find a lot of stuff in the usual places like um, Wikipedia, YouTube all those normal places but um, thanks very much for tuning in and listening and share it on if you know any tennis lovers or anyone that might just enjoy a nice easy listen podcast and um yeah, we'll see you next week for more more good chatting. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.